Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. We are starting a new series called Running with the Giants. If you've walked with us for a few years, uh, we really do this series almost every August. And what we do is we just take biblical characters out of the scripture and we just kind of just, we just talk as if, hey, what would you say to us if you were walking with us in 2023? And what are some tips, some advice you would give us? And uh, uh, we take just one character of the Bible each week. And I'm excited today to talk to you from the life of Joseph. Uh, the series scripture that we use is Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. If you want to pull it up, it says, uh, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off. Is that, you got the next scripture? Is that it? Just one? Okay, there it is. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We've called it, we call it running with the giants. Why? Because these giants of faith, they're all, the scripture says, this current, they're in heaven. There's this crowd of witnesses cheering you and I on, cheering you on, cheering me on to live the life of faith, to honor him, to, to obey him, to follow him. And I love it. It says, let us run the race with endurance. So if we're just taking a lap, you know, and I don't love cardio, so I may walk a lap. You may run it, but I'm going to walk it. And it'd be like, hey, we just, we just pull them alongside us and say, hey, what would, what, what would you tell us in 2023? And I want to talk to you from the life of Joseph. And many of you know the story of Joseph. He was an incredible man, uh, but he went through a lot of things. He went through a lot of situations. God gave him a dream at a very young age, and all kind of situations happened in his life before. His brothers sold him out to slavery. He was, uh, he was imprisoned. Uh, he was lied about. He was imprisoned, and now imprisoned. And then, then he went and uh, he, was, uh, uh, he was in Potiphar's house as a servant. And he, he, all these, this time, he had this, these dreams of what God had given him. And then God set him up to where he one day was second in command of over all of, of Egypt, and I want to talk a little bit about the process of how he did that, and the scripture, you know, all throughout the scripture, we see people like David. The Bible says David was a man after God's heart, but David fell into a great temptation. We see people like Moses, who the Bible says that God calls him a friend. The only scripture and the only person in the Bible God calls a friend to is Moses. He calls him his friend. Here's the, here's the interesting thing. Moses, he, he, he fell into a great temptation, well, Joseph faced great temptation, but what we see in the scripture is Joseph actually overcame the temptation. So from the life of Joseph, from this text that I want to read you in just a moment, I want to talk to you how is it that we are to deal with temptation in our lives. We'll all be tempted. We all will continue to be tempted, and we all have been tempted. But how do we really deal with it? How do we deal with temptation today? If we were walking a lap, we talked to Joseph, Joseph, how'd you do it? And I want to show it to you in, in, in Genesis chapter 39. It says, now Joseph was well-built and he was handsome. He probably looked a lot like Kenny. Come on, somebody. Those big old, my man wears those smediums. You know what I'm saying? Well-built. Come on, Kenny. Love you, brother. He's got his head, head down. He didn't want to look at me. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. But he refused with, it, with, uh, with me in charge, he told her. My master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? 
She kept putting pressure on him, Joseph. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her, and he kept out of her way as much as possible. One day, however, no one else was around, and he went in to do his work. She came and grabbed him by the cloak, demanding, come on and sleep with me. Jesus, not Jesus, Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. Interesting here, Joseph was a well-built man. He was a servant. He was a young man. And this Potiphar's wife, who, if she was Potiphar's wife, was probably very beautiful. And she comes on to Joseph and begins to tempt him and begins to, to ask him to, to give himself to her. And, and Joseph continues to say no. And it's so interesting how Joseph, in this text, how he was able to avoid and deal with temptation the correct way. Again, we will all face temptation. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, if you want to pull that up for me, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. We all face temptation, and no temptation that we face is different from someone else. We all, every day, face temptation. God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand when you are tempted. He will show you a way out so that you can endure. How do we deal with temptation? God gives us a way out every time we're tempted. Now, oftentimes we think when God gives us a way out, at least how I was when I was a kid, I would, we'd read this scripture or somebody in, in church would read this scripture to us. I would think it would be this magic door that would appear in the moment of me being ready to step into whatever it is that I was going to step into. All of a sudden, these bright lights going to happen, and the shiny door is going to open, and all of a sudden, you're going to hear, ah, ah, ah. And all of a sudden, you're going to see it. And you're like, oh, that's the, ten that's the door to get away from this temptation, to get away from this anger, or to get away from these situations. Oh, so I'm going to now step through it, and oh, I did it. But that's not necessarily what God is talking about and what Paul is writing about in this scripture. What he's talking about is he allows us to set ourselves up for success that when we face temptation, we're able to say no to the things that God has called us to say no to. How do we deal with temptation? I'm glad you asked. Joseph gives us eight different things. Yes, I have eight points today. Yeah, praise God. The scripture says, I want to read it to you in verse 8 and 9 again of 39 of Genesis. But he refused with me in charge, he said. He told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one else, no one here has more authority than I do. How do we really deal with temptation? One, we have to see the consequences over the charm. You have to see past the charm of what the temptation is. There is the world covers and masks sin and covers and masks the, uh, the evil desires so well. This is incredible charm of what it would look like and what it would be like and what it would feel like. And, and we have to stop and say, okay, hold on a second. Beyond that charm, there are consequences that I will face if I make this decision. There is a ripple effect in every decision that we make. There is a ripple effect in every decision that we make. It's like if you drop in a pond, you drop a, a, a rock, uh, there's this effect that happens. Now, here's what's interesting. Oftentimes, when you drop a rock in the middle of the pond, you won't see the ripple effect for a few minutes on the shore. 
But that doesn't mean that there's not an effect that's going to some point reach the shore. It's the same thing with us. Oftentimes, when we fall into temptation, it's not necessarily immediately we see the consequences. Sometimes we do, but not always. It's a fact that we understand, okay, just because I I cut corners at my job this one time and no one caught me, doesn't mean that God's okay with it. We have to see beyond the, con- and have to think this way. Again, this is what Joseph does. He says, listen, all this I've been given, I would lose it all if I, if I gave myself to you, if I fell into the temptation. All the blessings that I've been blessed with, I would lose it all if I gave into this charm or this, this situation of this temptation. Seeing beyond the, the moment of us cutting corners, seeing beyond the moment of our feelings of being mad and upset and exploding and saying, okay, if I explode, if I get upset and I blow up right now at work or I blow up right now on my spouse, what are the consequences that are going to happen in the moment later because of what I'm doing now? What are the consequences of me looking at these images online? What are the consequences of me being and saying yes to this relationship? What are the consequences of me going to that party or going to that club? What are the consequences of me going to that place alone with that person? I'm not just seeing the charm or the feelings of it or what it may look like. I have to see beyond the consequences. Why? Because my decisions create this ripple effect that will affect my future. But we get so caught up and we live in this YOLO type mentality of, oh, you only live once, so live in the moment. Be you now, you only now, you, you. Just do it. Have fun. Enjoy it. And people are not realizing that when we're just living in the moments, what's happening is we're affecting our futures and it's destroying our souls. I love Joseph's, Joseph's maturity, even though he was a young man. He had such maturity he saw beyond the charm. He said that the consequences of this is much greater. and much, I, I, What I lose is so much greater than what I would gain. We have to see beyond it. And I love this, Joseph's faithfulness. He said, I can see beyond the consequences. I, I wrote this down. One who looks and sees no consequences is truly blind. One who looks and sees no consequences in a decision is truly blind. Genesis chapter 39, verse 9. We're gonna, this is rapid fire points today. Come on, I'm giving you practical tips on how to deal with temptation from what Joseph did and lived in, in the scripture. Genesis chapter 39, verse 9. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing for me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing, check this out, and sin against... Where in the world are you at in verse 9? You missed the whole half the scripture, brother. I do such a wicked thing and sin against, the scripture says, God. How can I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And verse, the very next verse after nine, wherever you are there, brother. Okay, it's all right. We'll have it for second service. <laughs> sin against God. Isn't it interesting that he mentions God? How oftentimes... In our moments of weakness, the last person we're thinking about is God. We're not thinking, oh, WWJD. No, we're thinking, oh, what do we want? What do we feel? What are we, what are, where are we at? And I love this. He put God's word over his own feelings. 
If we want to really deal with temptation, we got to put God's word over feelings. We live in a culture and a society that says your feelings rule, your feelings are Lord, and that it could not be more than false than anything else. His word is, he is Lord, and his word is Lord over our lives. His word has authority, not our feelings. And he put the word over his feelings, and I love this. And he said, listen, how could I do this against God? How, how did he say, how could I do this again? Why? Because he knows the word. Here's the thing. We have to be people that know the word, that fill our lives up with the word. If we're investing so much into our feelings, our feelings are going to rule. But if we invest in, in the word, the word is going to rule in our lives. I love in Psalms chapter 119, we, I know we read last couple months Psalms, and I love Psalm 119, how David says, your word I've hidden in my heart. Your word I've hidden in my heart. You know what's interesting? Oftentimes, when, when we get to the point of temptation, what, what we've been just kind of just dealing with or struggling with that no one really knows about, it just comes out and we react. I've been dealing with frustration at my job, so I'll cut corners. I've been dealing with frustration at home, so I just blow up, or I have some issues going on in my heart. And, so I, and what happens is oftentimes what we, we're hiding comes out. Well, David, he says, listen, your word has, has been hidden in my heart. Why? So in these moments of intensity, these moments of where I could step into temptation and the enemy could, could come and try to cause me to, to fall, I, your word is in my heart. And so what happens? Now I respond with the word. Jesus overcame temptation because he quoted scripture. He quoted the word. How much more is it important for us if Jesus did it and Jesus knew the word? How much more important is it for us to know the scripture? Here's the issue with our culture and our society. Oftentimes, most of the word and of knowledge, the word knowledge that we have comes from someone else. We get filled up on Sunday from the, the pastor. That's incredible. I'm glad you do that. We, we go to a small group, and our small group leader teaches us some things about the word. That's incredible. I'm so grateful for small groups and small group leaders. We watch our, 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 the famous YouTube preachers. Come on, somebody. Everybody's got their, their favorite YouTube preacher, and we watch them, and we get filled up with the word, and I'm so, I'm so grateful for famous YouTube speakers. I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for that, but here's the problem with that. When we were young, we used to play a game called the telephone. And what you would do is you would take your, your little hands and you would whisper in someone's ear something. Then the next person would take it, what they heard, and they would turn and they would whisper to the person next to them. And it would be a game. It was a race. You had two teams and whoever could relay whatever the thing was fastest and got it right won. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so they would say something. The, the host would say something like, you have to say, I love cheese. Okay, I love cheese. Ready, set, go. You first person whispers, I love cheese. The next person says, okay, uh, uh, I love to sneeze. And the third, the third person's like, I love to sneeze. Uh, uh, I love, uh, 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 I need to sneeze. I don't love to sneeze. I need to sneeze. Next person says, I need to sneeze. I don't know if it's nice. Uh, 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 I move to the sneeze. The next person's like, it's not move to the sneeze. It's got to be, I move to the breeze. I move to the breeze. The next person hears it and like, I moved to the breeze. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, I moved to the beat. Then the person stands up. I won. I won. I moved to the beat. We went from I love cheese to I moved to the beat. We got problems with the way that we hear. Well, here's the problem that oftentimes we do this spiritually. 
We hear what someone else has said about the word, and that's great. But if we're not hearing the word for ourselves at times when we get into the moments of where we get into the to temptation, what's going to happen is, like, oh, yeah, well, what did Pastor Jordan say again? Or what did that small group leader say? Or what did that YouTube preacher say again? Uh, he said, you know, be quick to anger. Be, be slow to listen. That's what he said. No. He said, be slow to anger and quick to listen. But what can happen is through the voices that we hear things from, if we're not careful and the moment of what we're doing, if we don't know the word ourselves and the moments of where we need to deal with temptation, we won't be able to stand on the true word and we'll lean to our feelings. Does that make sense? So important that we understand this. We've got to put God's word above our feelings and we have to know the word to do that. Genesis chapter 39 and verse 10, it says, She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her, and he kept out of her way as much as possible. Day after day. Dealing with temptation is a daily decision. It doesn't matter how faithful you've been to your spouse. You can be married for 40 years, 50 years. It doesn't matter if you've been married for 50 years if you decide to get up next day and cheat on your spouse. Your faithfulness has now been cut. Nobody's like, oh, yeah, well, I was married 50 years, but then I cheated. No, faithfulness and, and integrity and dealing with temptation is saying day after day, every day I'm choosing to walk and follow Jesus the way that he's called me to. It's a daily decision. It would be like us for, the, for well, we eat every day. Well, that's incredible that you eat every day. I'm glad you eat every day. And you know what? I've eaten now for 35, 8, 10, 20, however many. I've eaten now for 50 years. You know what? I think I'm going to stop eating now. Because I've eaten 50 years worth of food, I think I'm good. So now you stop eating. Well, let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what you ate 50 years ago. Now what happens? Guess what? You're going to end up very quickly dwindling physically because you have not eaten. It's the same thing with temptation. Just because we said temptation, no to temptation yesterday does not mean now we're good. My pastor says that I love it. You've probably heard it. He says, everybody is just one decision away from stupid. Doesn't matter what we did yesterday. It's what we choose to do today. I'm going to decide every day to follow him and be obedient to him. I'm going to say today I'm choosing to follow and obey and honor his word. And so when the temptation comes yesterday, I'm glad you said no to temptation yesterday. I'm glad you didn't blow up and I'm glad you kept your cool. But that doesn't make now you can come today and make, man, I did a good job yesterday. I'm about to blow up on somebody today. No, we choose daily to deal with this. It's a daily thing. It's a daily battle that we, we face in our lives. And I, I believe this. I love this. Because here's what's interesting about Joseph. The enemy's tempting him here, using this woman to tempt him. The Bible says in John chapter 10 and verse 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy's trying to destroy Joseph. But here's what's interesting. The enemy really didn't care and wasn't trying to destroy Joseph's life at this moment. Because then Joseph had no influence right here. He was a servant. Nobody knew who he was. Nobody knew what was going on. But here's what's interesting. The enemy knew that God had given him a dream of what he would do one day. And so Joseph, not, excuse me, the enemy was using the temptation for today to try to affect his future tomorrow. 
But, da- but Joseph, I keep saying David, but Joseph knew that the temptation that I make, to, the, the, the decisions I make today will affect my tomorrow. And so, you know what, I'm going to say no now. Why? Because even when I don't have any influence, I know God wants to raise me up and give me influence. And so I'm going to say no today, daily, every day. Why? Because I know God wants to use me for a great purpose in the future. Joseph, literally, his whole future, all of, the, all of, all of Egypt and all of Canaan, and all the Israelites, they would have all been destroyed if Joseph would have fell into sin. Now, God could have used somebody else, of course so, but in this story, the way it worked is Joseph would have fell into sin. He would have never had the opportunity to rise up and be who God had called him to be unless God shifted situations. But here's what's so cool about Joseph. He knew the temptation that I'm facing, the enemy's trying to destroy my future. The enemy knows our worth. He knows the influence that God wants to give us. And so he's gonna try to trap you now in temptation to keep you from really leading and loving the way God wants you to lead and love in the future. So when we deal with the daily temptation, it's not just for today, it's for the future. Does that make sense? So important that we understand this. It's a daily decision, but it affects my future. Genesis chapter 39 and verse 10, it says he kept out of her way as much as possible. He kept out of her way as much as possible. I'm giving you just eight quick things on how to deal with temptation when I see Joseph would tell us. He would tell us immediately, see the consequences beyond the charm. He would say, take, use God's word, take God's word over your feelings. He would say, decide daily that it's a daily decision. Decide every day to follow Jesus. And then I know he would say that this, he'd say, be proactive, be proactive. It says he kept out of her way. He didn't wait to get into the moment and just say no. He said, I'm going to completely stay out of the way of this woman so that I can't even be tempted. See, I think Christianity, I haven't Christianity, Christians, true believers, I think we need to get to the point in, the, in, our, in our walk with Jesus that we're so proactive that we're radical. And our radical decisions would be this. I'm not just going to say no to temptation. I'm going to avoid the opportunity to be tempted. You know what, if I know that home is what's going to tempt me, I'm going to stay away from that home. If I know that that social media site is going to tempt me, I'm going to cut off social media. I know that 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 situation and that person is going to affect me and cause me to want to blow up. I'm just going to to remove myself. Why? Because I want to be proactive. Why? Because the world is super proactive. And so I'm going to be proactive. I'm going to make sure I'm staying not just away from sin. I want to do my best to stay away from temptation. Now, the enemy's going to come. He's going to tempt at times, and you've done everything you can do. That's fine. We see that with Joseph here. But we're doing our best to to say we're going to be proactive in in the decision of saying, I'm going to do my best to stay away from those things so I don't even have the opportunity to, to be tempted. Jesus said something even crazier. Jesus said, if your eye's causing you to sin, pluck it out. He said, if your hand's causing you to sin, Cut it off. Whoa, 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 Jesus, Jesus, whoa, 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 hold, time, 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 Does that mean Jesus literally meant go and get a knife and cut your hand off? No. This is what Jesus meant. I want you to evaluate your life, and I want you to be proactive, and the things that are tempting you, cut them out. This social media, hear me, the social media influence that you may have is not worth your soul. The amount of money that you can make, hear me, the amount of money that you can make on this planet is not worth cutting corners and losing your integrity. The relationship with your spouse 
is so much more, is so much more valuable. Why? Because two are better than one, the Bible says. And the Bible says God brings you together. No man can tear apart. Your relationship with your spouse is so much more important than you and your feelings of feeling like you have pride to where you have to always be right. Let's be proactive and say, okay, what is it in my life that could be causing me to get to the point in tip? So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna cut those things out. Why? Because I desire to continue to follow him the way that he's called me to. How do I deal with temptations? Genesis chapter 39, verse 11. We're just moving on. It says this, one day, however, no one else was around when he went in to do his work. He, no one else was around when he went in to do his work. Be the same in public as you are in private. Be the same in public as you are in private. Integrity. True integrity is when my private life, y'all have heard me say this a million times, private life and public life meet and they're the same. Be the same person. Here's what I wrote down and I wanna, I wanna challenge you with this. Don't allow a place or, or, or a people, places or people to change you as a person. Don't allow places or people to change you as a person. It may not be just one person. It may be three or four people. See, here's the issue with what we do is we can even be around other Christians and they can be not living to the standard in which we want to live. And so they start to gossip and we think, well, they're Christians and so we're okay to gossip. So we'll just gossip. And so now we get comfortable because we're in our little circle of friends that are Christians that are doing things. Just because other people are doing it doesn't make it right. I want my private life. I want what I would say in front of that person to line up with what I would say behind that person's back. I want, I would want, I want the way I treat Ashley to be the, at home is the same way I treat Ashley in, at church. I want to honor God as much as I do at church on Sunday, as much as I do on Saturday at the club. Come on, somebody. You raising your hands on Sunday and you shaking on Saturday. You know what I'm saying? You know who you are. You know. And so does Jesus. Genesis chapter 39 and verse 12, it says this. She came and grabbed him by the cloak, demanding, come on and sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in hand. I'm just giving you... Very practical, very practical. I grew up in a church where it was always do, 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 don't sin, don't sin, make sure, make sure you stay away from temptation. And I always would want to, and I, I would leave, and I'd feel so deflated because I never knew how to. I'm giving you eight very practical ways to avoid temptation. So that way, one day, when you're meeting Jesus, you can't say, oh, I didn't know how to. Yes, you do. You heard so-and-so message in 2023. Come on, somebody. All right. Genesis chapter 39, it says he tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand. Biblical texts in the time period, what would happen is these men, these women would wear cloaks. Their cloaks would, be, would represent who they were. You would, rep, you would recognize someone based on their cloak. So you could see somebody in the back corner or somebody in far, and you'd see their cloak in their design of their cloak. You knew, oh, that's Joseph. And so here's what happened. Oftentimes they wear these cloaks and it was, the, it was who they were. So what he's doing here is he's saying, you know what? He's ripping away who he once was. He's tearing away his past. It's so important that we understand this. If we really want to avoid and, and really deal with temptation the right way, we have to tear away from our past. 
We can oftentimes use, oh my goodness, if it's not true, we can oftentimes use our past as an excuse to remain comfortable in our decisions. Because of our upbringing, the way that I was treated by my dad or my mom or, my, or, 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 or a friend or, or something happened to me when I was young. And again, I'm not downplaying those things. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not downplaying what happened. That is not what I'm doing. What I am doing is you're gonna, it's telling you, you're going to allow the enemy to continue to cause you to fall and he's going to continue to win in your life if you continue to allow the past to justify why you're living the way you're living. Yes, you may be responding a certain way because of your upbringing. Absolutely. But as new creations now, it's our responsibility to learn to respond differently. Why? Because we are no longer the same. Our past, he tears it away. Don't let your past keep you trapped in, into the present and the future. It's so interesting how we can say, oh, this is the way I've always been. I've always been angry. I've always gotten mad. I've all, that's just my personality. And now you've got other people around you believing, oh, yeah, that's just who they are. So when you blow up, they're like, oh, yeah, that's just who they are. Don't worry about it. They'll get over it. <sighs> Avoid at all costs tonight. Well, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Just because that's what we saw in the past or how we were treated in the past does not give us the right to justify living that way. No, our example is no longer our parents on earth. It's our father in heaven. Man, that is good. Wow. I hope I can remember that for the second service. Somebody write it down. <laughs> but we can use, hear me, we can use past hurts. I'm not downplaying past hurts. We can use past experiences or we can use these different things to cause us to justify. And so here's what happens. Then, now we're comfortable and we don't even feel convicted about it. We blow up on people and we don't even feel convicted. We gossip and we don't even feel convicted. We look at images and we don't even feel convicted. Why? It's because we've allowed ourselves to become comfortable in it. I love Joseph. He said, no, I'm tearing away from this. I, know no, I am no longer that person. You can keep that. I'm going to be who God's called me to be. Tear away from the past. Very quickly, Genesis chapter 39, verse 12. He left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. Dealing with temptation. Run. The Bible says... In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 10, 22, run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, peace, and enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Not just people that call on the name of the Lord. People that call on the name of the Lord with pure hearts. It says, run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue. See, oftentimes what we do is we just say, okay, run from sin, run from sin, run from sin, run from sin. That's great. But we can't just run from, we have to run to. We pursue what God has called us to. If we just say we're running from, we're going to get tired, we're going to get exhausted. It's, it's this trying, it's this, it's this hardship, it's this exhaustion. No, instead I'm running to. And the further and closer I run to God and the way he's called me to live, the further away I run from the things that he, the enemy's trying to do in my life. Run, run, run. I remember being a kid and 
we were playing basketball. My brother and I were playing basketball outside, and this neighbor had this very large dog, very, very, very large dog. And I know I'm a small person, but this, large, this dog was large. And I remember they would always bark at us, bark, 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 bark. But one time, somehow, it, it was inside. Somehow, the door got open, and this dog just said, food. And it took off after us, and we saw this thing coming. It was growling. It was barking. No joke. We started running as fast as our little legs could push us. And we ran. I remember, no kidding, I jumped. I didn't even know who the person was. I jumped on top of somebody's car that was parked on the hood and sat there. And the dog's, like, jumping out tr- up trying to get me. And, I, like, literally, I'm sitting up there thinking, oh, my gosh, what in the world's happening? The neighbor comes out, calls the dog. dog runs out, and it's fine. And now, as interesting as that story may be, yes, I was terrified. But here's the thing. If I would have just been running from exhaustion, trying to let the dog just chase me, and I'm just running, 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 at some point I would just gave up. But I had a target on where I knew to go to find safety. And so I ran as fast as I could to the target, and then finding the target, I found safety. I love this. This is what the scripture's saying. Yes, run from sin, but don't just run from sin. Run to righteous living. Run to faithfulness. Run to love and run to peace. Why? Because when you hit those targets, you're going to find safety from the temptation that you're facing. Run. It's not always just running from, it's running to. Lastly, as I close, Genesis chapter 39 and verse 19. Potiphar was furious. This is a little, a few minutes, a few scriptures later. Joseph runs and Potiphar's wife starts screaming and yelling and Joseph, uh, Potiphar's wife tells Potiphar when he comes home, hey, Joseph, he, he attacked me. He, did, he, he, he tried to sleep with me, this whole ordeal. And so this is where we pick up in the scripture in verse 19. This is Potiphar was furious when he heard about his wife, heard from his wife the story that Joseph had treated her, how he treated her. Verse 20, so he took Joseph and threw him into prison where the king's prisoners were held and there he remained. Here's what's interesting. Oftentimes you read this scripture, you read this text, and you think, well, Joseph did the right thing. Well, in our mindset, human nature is when we do the right thing, we get reward. It's interesting, Joseph did the right thing, and life got worse. He didn't get elevated because of his integrity, he got put in prison because of his integrity. It shows me this, and I wrote this down, last point is this, doing the right thing isn't always celebrated. Doing the right thing isn't always celebrated. You may not gossip like everybody else, and it may frustrate people where they isolate themselves from you, and you may not have as many friends. You may not go to those clubs or those parties like everybody else does, and if you're in college or a young person or even an old person, you're going to clubs. Shame on you if so, my God. You don't fit in just so you know, okay? <laughs> You may not know. Well, I'll tell you. You ain't fitting. Okay, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. You may not have as many friends because you choose not to go to those parties. You may not have as many friends because you're choosing to not cut corners when everybody else does. And they're saying, well, come on, man. This is how you do it around here. And come on, girl. Like, that's the only way to do it. Like, you have to. And you say, no, I'm choosing integrity. And it may isolate you. It may not get you promoted. It may not. But I do know this. We are not looking for earthly rewards. We're looking to honor him. And through honoring him, oh, I love Joseph's story because he went to prison for many years. But God said, even though you went in prison, I want you to know I still see you and I still know what you did. And in due time, I'm going to reward you the way I want to reward you. And let me tell you something. I want God's reward way more than your reward. 
Anything a man or a woman can give me, I want, I want a thousand times more that God can give me than what anybody else can give me. Why? Because his rewards will always satisfy. Man and woman's rewards will cause us just to desire more in our lives. Won't all, may not always be celebrated, so I'm not trying to make it this goody-good, you, you do the right thing, and all of a sudden it's going to be this magical pill, and all of a sudden your life is just incredible. No, it may get worse, but I do know this. I'd, ra- I'd rather choose honoring him with my life than ever pleasing someone around me or fitting in with someone around me that I'm not in, ever going to fit in with in the first place. How do you deal with temptation? The eight most simple, most difficult things that you could possibly do. I hope you wrote those down. If you didn't, that's all right. The Holy Spirit will write them on your heart, slap you in the face. Maybe he'll tattoo them on you while you're sleeping. I don't know. But I do know this. We're all tempted. God's called all of us, all of us, to say, God, we desire to follow you and walk away or run from the temptation. And he's given us tools. I love Joseph. He gave us tools on really how to deal with that. And so if that's the case, now we look at this and we say, okay, God, I desire to follow you. I desire to say no to the certain things. I desire to walk with you the way that you called me to. Okay, so now, God, here are the eight things that I want to walk out. And again, eight might sound like a lot. Well, here's what I want you to do. What is one of the eight that you could work on this week? What is one thing this week that you can say of these eight things I want to practically apply to my life today? Not just this spiritual abstract, like, yeah, okay, we'll deal with it when it comes. No. Okay, what is one thing I can do today to continue to walk out and be who God has called me to be? Because I know this. We have a crowd of witnesses cheering us on. Every time we face temptation, every time we say no and we say we choose God over the temptation, heaven celebrates. Let us be like this giant Joseph. That we would say, God, we choose to follow you, to deal with the temptation, not let the enemy kill us or destroy us or lie to us or steal from us, but that we would walk with you, following you the way that you desire. Amen. Would you stand with me as we pray today? God, I thank you so much.